in this week's episode, I'm talking to Andre Bradshaw from the USA about how he got into sourcing, why he decided to become a developer, and what he will be talking about at SourceCon in Atlanta. Welcome to episode 29 of the Sourcing Challenge Show. I'm your host, Mark Lundgren. I started off by asking Andre how he got into sourcing. Uh, so, yeah, I did recruiting on the agency side for, I don't know, probably eight or so years and then went into corporate recruiting. And it was primarily IT, although on corporate side, it was a bit of a bit of everything. The last year I was doing recruiting, it was actually executive search. But uh, actually, I attribute that actually to what led me to actually being able to develop for a living. I, if you recall, I guess it was back in beginning of 2017, beginning of or end of 2016, LinkedIn had changed their search interface and removed yeah. a lot of the features for a brief moment. They added it back, but it kind of prompted me to put together some logic that I had built in Excel that uh, kind of made my executive search work a little bit automated. So mm -hmm. we get all these applicants and we have all this information in Taleo and I would just dump it all into a table and then create logic that would build search links based off the information that was available. Uh, and I'm sure you've seen, you know, you can just look in the URL and, and LinkedIn and it's all, you know, first name equals mm. last name equals, it's all a JSON P request essentially. Yeah. And anyway, long story short, I was banging my head against the wall trying to figure out how to program it. And the only thing I knew at the time, which would be on rails and I hit up a buddy of mine that's a, web developer and asked for his help and he gave me some scripts and I just have been hacking away at it since then. Cool. And I guess it was about this time last year, I got a job where I could actually get paid to develop, which was cool and been doing that for about a year and I'm moving on to my next opportunity now. And helping the rest of us out with your videos and just, yeah, this is how to actually do this effectively. Yeah, you know, I found it really helpful to have some practical code when I was just starting off that was relevant to the things that I needed. And because I knew what it was doing, I could reverse engineer what every little, you know, string was was doing. I yeah. had no idea at the time. And plugging in code and seeing if it would throw an error. No, okay, let me try this. No, that's an error. All right, let me try this. <laughs> but I'd like to save others a little bit of time so that they're not just doing the trial and error thing all night long. They can just maybe look at my videos and get an idea of how to approach it from someone that does the same thing as them. So do you primarily kind of develop your own tools and your own kind of, or do you, you know, did you use other tools or was that kind of like some of the emphasis that the tools you had didn't really work anymore? Yeah. So I never was a big tool user. Um, I like to do things the hard way probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. I use some of them. Like I still have contact out. Uh, that I use to grab email addresses, the stuff that's high impact mm -hmm. and low resource usage, I'll typically have installed. But outside of that, I like to figure it out for myself. Where did you go to in terms of sourcing and kind of learning from that? Where where did you go to when you when you started out, especially kind of going from agency to to corporate? Like, was there how did you learn other than just trial and error? There's a lot of trial and error, but. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy research, like that's what I do for fun. I mean, I, I like just kind of crawling the web and seeing what's out there. And again, learning how to code was advantageous because I could just essentially automate what we do as recruiters, mm -hmm. right? Just automate going through every link and seeing what's there. I can write a script to do that and then I can just go review it later. Um, yeah. 
So the traditional stuff, I mean, obviously we all still use LinkedIn, even though we'd like to think that it's not a good source. It is. Um, it's, it's a good anchor um, yeah. because you have everybody kind of working on that. So even if you find people somewhere else, just having that as an anchor and using that as kind of spreading out to find what's, what's the rest of the footprint look like. Yeah. Yeah. I use, I use LinkedIn's unique identifiers as my unique identifiers when I'm trying to align like yeah. people with similar names. Um, you know, outside of that, I mean, when I was first starting out, it was heavy, you know, traditional job boards. Uh, I, I recruited a lot of like traditional engineering roles, like uh, electrical mechanical engineers. Mm -hmm. So I use CE weekly. If you remember that, yeah. uh, I think it started off as a paper <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm not that far removed from printing off resumes, frankly, like uh, for several years, I was a recruiter. I had stacks and files and I, I am organized with my resume, right? So I had these filing cabinets of all these different categories. It was nuts. We have a database. That's why we're the best. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, that's, yeah. that's what it used to be all about Europe. That's less so now because that's the interesting piece. Um, yeah. it just means that the rest of us have more work because we have to keep finding the same people over and over again. Yeah, I probably should do a little research on that to see how to, um, I want to say, skirt the law, but uh, know how to be compliant with it while also making my job easier. It's, it's. I mean, that's why what you do is more and more important for us as well, because it's very much that thing. It's like, even if I found them before, having the process to be able to found find them again the same way, that's mm -hmm. compliant. Storing them, if you haven't been in contact or they haven't accepted that you're trying to get in contact with them that's the one that gets gray zone so but knowing how you found them in the first place and how you got to actually get contact information or reach out that's the thing that you know there's no law against that so the tools like the kind of processes becomes more important than the actual output of it yeah and really we should all be doing that anyway right we should really be taking notes on where we find people the best yeah. resources uh, i I have a lot of note-taking tools that I've built since the beginning of the year when I found a quick and easy way to do it. I think I put a video up on it actually where mm -hmm. you just click a button and it sends it off to a spreadsheet and then I can query it later. And you're speaking in Atlanta. Uh, yeah, tell me a bit about what, uh, what you're going to be speaking about. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I'm going to go over a few of the tools that I use on a daily basis. Uh, one of them, or really depending on the time, I think that uh, and how well I can believe people can absorb the information. There's two areas I want to go down. One is kind of web scraping using Google Apps Scripts as a web server mm -hmm. and teaching people how, like, basically giving them block code that they can kind of tweak a little bit for their own usage, showing how that works, explaining how regular expressions work and how they're very, the logic is essentially the same as Boolean operators or, or Boolean logic. So if you yeah. know the ands and ors and nots, it's more complex, but it's the same premise, right? So if you're a good sourcer and you know how to search, you can program. It's not, you may not be a great programmer, right? But I'm going to give you the hammer and everything will look like a nail and you'll get there. Uh, the, and then there's another tool that, um, what I was just mentioning about kind of one click send to a sheet. So mm -hmm. uh, I have this, you basically will create a little web form in JavaScript. So we'll go through you know, what each line of that code means briefly, but really it's just going to be heavy, heavily commented so people can edit it mm -hmm. to, their, to their own needs. But essentially the idea is if I'm looking at a profile, right, 
be it on LinkedIn or wherever, GitHub, I want to be able to save that somewhere without having to copy and paste, copy and paste to a spreadsheet or an yeah. ATS or, or what have you. So you can utilize an HTTPS request, a JSONP request over Google Apps Script to send that information to your through their web server. There is a, a character limit, so you can't get too crazy, but mm-hmm. it's great for when you're just trying to churn through and just put some information together so that you know the next day you can burn through a bunch of phone calls. What's something exciting that, uh, that you're working on now? So I actually was working on this last night and I'm, it was really just a proof of concept and I'm not sure I want to use it, uh, but I figured out a way to automate uh, text engagement. So sending mm-hmm. people text messages for free without having to pay uh, anybody for a service. It's a uh, very early stage. I just ran a couple tests and was like, oh wow, this actually works cool. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure how much I'll really use it because I'm kind of against uh, automated communications, but it might be helpful in the future. It's the whole thing of kind of looking at like, yeah, okay, if you're only sending emails, anything is going to be better than that. But if you're trying to do, if you have a cadence where you use different channels, then text message could definitely be one way for a certain type of people, like developers, not necessarily. But at the end of the day, we know that text message is going to get read um, whereas email, not necessarily so. We still get a lot of, most people get a lot less text than they get emails. Yeah, I think the important part with any kind of automation like that is making sure that you keep your database really tight yeah. and so that when you, and if you are sending out a blast, it's to 10 people, right? Yeah. You might have a list of 2,000, 20,000 people, but your search is so good, you've taken such care and taking notes and adding tags that you put all those parameters in and you click your button and it saves you the time of having to, to go through that and, and make those individual outreaches. But mm-hmm. it's very important that you're not just spamming the world because you're going to get blocked. I think it's a little bit abusive to send messages like that. So yeah. that's really what I'm working on at the moment. Like the, the prototype works, but now I need to figure out, all right, what's the best, best method really here for ensuring that it only goes out to people that are relevant to what I'm working on. Yeah, and still scaling it and making it, yeah, stable. What's one of the things that what you kind of what you feel like you failed, but that's kind of been the thing that you learned the most from in, in your career or in what you do? I uh, I tell you that just that one little thing I was talking about in terms of sending information from one place to another took me months to figure out. <laughs> oh my god! And it's so simple, but I spent so many months. I knew it was possible. It's just there's not really good information out there. And maybe I'm not a very good, maybe I'm not good at searching. I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> there's really just not a lot of information out there around you know, building stuff that's, that could be turned into a product, right? Mm-hmm. So if, some, if you build something cool, you're not sharing it with everyone, right? You're yeah. like, oh, I'm going to make some money off this. And a that's kind of everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I don't know. One day I'll probably need to so that I can make money. But uh <laughs> As, as it stands now, I just I like to share everything that I build so that other people can learn from it as well, so that they don't spend six months banging their head against the wall on something that is, you know, three lines of code. Mm-hmm. If um, if people want to stay in touch with you and, yeah, follow your, your antics and, and whatever new you're working with, how can they just do that? If you want an immediate response, I guess Facebook Messenger, I'm pretty good at responding to. Uh, and I definitely welcome anyone to reach out to me if they're stuck on a problem. Um, maybe not if you just are wanting me to build something for you. <laughs> I mean, maybe if it's interesting, I might do it. But um, certainly if you're stuck on something, you're getting these errors or you just don't know how to even get started, I want to help people. I really do. So I'm happy to help people there. 
if you're looking for some code, check out my GitHub. It's just, you know, GitHub forward slash Andre Bradshaw. I think just about everything is that or a Bradshaw. So. Well, thank you very much, Andre. I look forward to seeing you, uh, yeah, in a few weeks in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I'll see you then.